Welcome to this week's edition of the Casual Shooters Podcast, your premier podcast for the casual shooter. This week's guest is local to me here in Central Virginia. He just shot Carry Optics Nationals as well. And he was on the squad with Jay Beal, Rachel Harper, the Dupuy brothers, Luke Cow, and even Jeff Emrich. Needless to say, that's a pretty rocking squad right there. But I actually met our guest when he was just starting into practical shooting, as was I. I met him at a local match. So let's cut through all the suspense and let's bring in Joel Fisher. How you doing, Joel? Doing well, Dave. It's good to see you, man. Excellent. Good seeing you. All right. So... If you want, take a second, introduce yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm Joel Fisher, like you said, and I am living in Central Virginia, lived here most of my life, um, and I like shooting. I have a family, four kids, wonderful wife, and so, uh, you know, try to figure out a good balance between doing things I enjoy and my responsibilities. It's good. Yeah. Life is good. That's got to be a tough balance at times. Yeah, it is. I, I know my, my priority is, is my family, and um, but shooting is something that I really enjoy. I enjoy it, so I, I do it when I can. But on weekends, shooting moves above family, Monday <laughs> through Friday. <laughs> Certain weekends, like if I travel right. to Alabama or something. <laughs> right. There are exceptions to the rule. <laughs> All right. So, Joel, I'm going to ask you the uh, normal warm-up questions we have, or icebreaker questions. Oh, that's um, right, fifth, yes. The fifth one is unique to you, though, so you couldn't have studied for this one. Okay, this gonna, sounds good. It's going to be a shocker. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> All right, your favorite movie. You know, I think it might have to be uh, a, the trilogy, the Born, the Born original, oh. the three original Born movies. Yeah, I enjoyed them a lot when they came out. Um, so I'm, I'll probably have to say those. Now, okay, I, I love those movies. Um, what did you think of the fourth one that came out with the other guy? Honestly, I I remembered a little bit with I think yeah I don't remember his name maybe Jeremy Renner or something but yeah um, yeah I don't think I I don't remember liking it as much. I think there was a fifth one too, wasn't there? Yeah, um, but that fourth one blew chunks. It did. It's it. They kind of like just messed up. It kind of got well, too complicated and too, and it just kind of took away from the original. Um, like it just, I don't know, watered everything down and made things confusing. And it, I don't know, just didn't enjoy it. So. But I felt like the fifth one with the original actor got right back on track, and that was yeah, a good one. That's true. Yeah, I was I was excited when I saw he was back and they were doing another one. I was like, oh yeah, I can get into this. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, he's young too. So they could still, I mean, they could do another six of them. He's yeah. Young it's, it's one of those things where sometimes like if it's done right, um, like a show or a movie, if it, if it's done right, it can be good. Otherwise it just drags out and like, they're yeah. kind of grasping at straws. I always joke with my wife. I'm just like, after season two or three of a TV show, I'm like, yeah, now they're just like, they're just finding ways to get more, more episodes. Like they, they lost track of the original plot a long time ago. <laughs> well, and, and speaking of TV shows, we'll get into that real quick. Like one of my favorite, two of my favorite TV series of all times was mash and friends. Mm, yeah, and, and they didn't have that problem. They they lasted a long time. Right. Like friends, right. friends was just a progression of their right. friendship through the years. So that was easy. Right. 
I say that was easy. You know, MASH was day to day in the Korean combat life mm -hmm. of surgeon. So that worked out well too. Those were very good, but yeah, I know what you mean. It, I like, I haven't watched, I think I watched the first season of survivor and then I was done. Okay. Yeah. I'm out. So yeah, I don't need, I love MMA, but I don't even watch the um, ultimate fighter anymore. I'm just, oh, yeah. I don't like the drama. I'm bored with that. You know, if, if they would just cut it down to an hour to show the training and the fighting, I'm in, but I don't right. need all that drama <laughs> crap. Yeah. Yeah. So people like it, I guess some people do. <laughs> yeah. And I heard with top shot, I heard the producers were disappointed initially that there wasn't any drama in the house. You know, shocking. Shooters not having I, drama. I've heard that too. Yeah. And they yeah. kind of had to create, they had to almost create some drama. So. Right. And I still, it didn't really work then either. Yeah. So, so it was good. Um, your favorite. Yeah. Top book. shot, man. Those first oh. couple episodes I, or seasons. Um, that was, I, I enjoyed that was like my favorite show. <laughs> Yeah, it was. My son and I watched every single episode. We loved it. Yeah. And I didn't even know who the guys were Me like either. till years later when I got kind of into USPSA. I was like, wait, I, I watched JJ Vercaza and like Blake McGez and Mike Steeplander. Yeah. And there was, I think, a couple others. And I was like, I can't believe like these people, you know, I had no idea what I was, who I was watching. I was just enjoying the show. So, yeah, they're talking about JJ Vercaza. He has a, a pistol named after him, the right. little cat. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> right. even know what that means, but okay. Right. Looks cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm shoot. I see him watching shooting long range with rifles and stuff. I'm like, Oh, I can beat him. I can beat him. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, all right. Moving on to the next one. Favorite book. Um, I don't do much reading, but Definitely the Bible. I knew yeah. that was going to be your answer. And that's not the first time that's been said. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so it's not not yeah, a bad that... answer at all. But I knew. I already knew when I asked. I'm like, I know what this answer is going to be. Oh, did so, you? That's funny. I did. Yeah. Yep, sure did. Definitely. I don't know if you're into this genre. So if you're not, this is an either or. Favorite okay. superhero or favorite historical figure. Mm, that's a good question. Um, I, I already had your answer. We I watched some superhero movies like with with my with my kids, um, but I don't know if I have a favorite one. So I'm gonna go with uh, George Washington. It's my favorite historical figure. Uh, okay, In, can't go wrong there. Yeah, and I wish every president would take the same path that he did. In that, his whole thing was you only serve four years, you do your time, and you go back to private life. Mm, yeah, so, I just think there's so there's like. Man, what some of the like George Washington, you know, but some of those early founding fathers, like they they accomplished something, and they they were very smart, um, obviously, and they were willing to risk a lot. But they're also very very smart. They had good thoughts. They laid everything out, and they did something that you know hasn't ever really been done before, right? Like John really, Adams yeah. read four thousand books on government. Hmm. so yeah i just don't not, think we don't we don't hardly have that anymore you know like we, none a lot of knowledge a lot of good leadership a lot of understanding and that they all work together in a way that they accomplished uh, a lot of great and, things so and you know the funny thing is is they would argue like an old married couple debating stuff 
But when it came down time to sign, they would sign it unilaterally and everybody be on the same sheet of music. Yeah. Yeah, they would Which sit in there for hours and hours sometimes. Screaming at each other. Yeah. yeah. But they got all of it out. They worked it all out. And it's the greatest government concept of all times. I say concept because yes. you have people today trying to ruin it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's humans, right? Everyone's yes. everyone's screwed up to some degree. <laughs> but <laughs> the concept, the what what they created was was pretty amazing. And the fact that they were able to do it successfully, um, mostly successfully, is is almost I mean, it's it doesn't hardly seem possible considering all the factors against them, you know, like I agree. It was and, pretty amazing. And they were able to do what I see most politicians today can't do which is they put their own personal needs second and they built a country yeah, very true. for everybody without taking their own needs into account. Whereas, man, I look at 75, 80% of the politicians who are there for themselves. You know, I think a That's lot a of very them good point. Yeah. go into it meaning well, but at some point in there, they go astray too. And it's just like, man, I don't even know what to do anymore. Term limits, I really yeah, think that's is a very the good point. answer. Yeah. And, and like you said, they risked more than anybody in this country ever has in order to establish it. And they were still able to put themselves second. I, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. I, I was thinking you might have said Jesus. <laughs> that's true, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking I was like, more of recent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's way more recent. <laughs> no, that's funny. That's like, uh, you know, like 1776 years more recent. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. So the next one is favorite gun and caliber, but they don't have to be the same. It doesn't have to be a 1911 yes. 45 caliber. Yes. So favorite gun uh, rifle would be like uh, a lever action uh, Winchester Model 94 and pistol would probably be like if we're along those old track I, I've i always liked revolvers and so like a Python or a good Smith & Wesson um, like a okay. 586 or a 686 and yeah caliber would be 9mm for sure okay so I'm going to jump ahead then before we get to the very crazy next question can you see that oh yeah I can see that is that what you're running now? Uh, no, that is an M&P. That's what I ran before I switched to Shadow Systems uh, January of this year. All right. So you're on your third different setup. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It was a Glock 17 was first and then Smith & Wesson and then uh, now Shadow Systems. How did... So I'm, I'm jumping ahead again, but that's okay. Right. Yeah. We're, we're in that mode. So how did you and Shadow Systems get hooked up together? That's a great story. Uh, I'll keep it short mostly but don't need um to. phil strader was the one that set us up long story short i i shot virginia state with him i was squatted with him last year virginia state and first time i met him but he was you got to know him pretty quickly by the end of the day shooting with him um yeah. <laughs> and yeah he he knew oh i think someone that worked there i think maybe the director of marketing at the time um and he they he heard that they were just you know have their eyes open for someone he asked me he's like hey like would this be something you're interested in this episode is brought to you by gun butter gun butter is a premier lubricant for your rifle or pistol they have grease for parts that need it like lugs on a bolt gun 
Man, do I love a bolt gun. It's a proprietary blend that they won't even trademark so as not to have to give away their trade secrets. Check out the video I put up on YouTube. Uh, look for another one coming soon. I even ran into Rick Powers, an RO at Carry Optics Nationals. He switched to it after listening to our podcast with Mason Litchfield. He loves it. Rob Epifania uses and loves it. Frank Shu uses it and loves it. Use Casual Shooter 20 and save 20% on checkout. Um, like at least trying out. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, for sure. I'll at least, like maybe I'll test it out. Like if they, if they want to send me something. And so long story short, uh, Phil Strader is actually the one. So if you're listening, Phil, uh, you know, I appreciate it. But yeah, <laughs> Phil Strader was the original one. Oh, that's probably about the time he was getting into SIG though. Um, no, it was, uh, Virginia state of two years ago. Yeah, it would have been, well, no, it would have been, um, let's see last year, last, uh, October, I want to say, or September. It was before nationals, right before nationals. Right. Yeah. That was the, uh, it's always been that first weekend of October, at least the the times you and I've shot it. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was it was last year's. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was last year's. Yeah. Okay, because that's when I approached Phil about being on the podcast, and then we had him on. Okay. Not long after nationals. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's a he's a funny guy. He's fun to have on. So I can only imagine shooting with him. Oh, it was a blast. <laughs> it was great. Quick, quick story that this is coming from me because I witnessed it happen. So Nils was on stage, would have been his stage 18, but it was actually stage 11. Okay. But so it was the second to last stage is what I'm getting at. He's got a, of this a last good nationals. Yep. And the okay. win he yeah. just had a week and a half ago. Yes. So he, he comes back, he retreats, he shoots some targets, he turns left, he shoots, he goes to run and he stumbles and he almost falls down. Nils did. And he continues into that last position. And that's where it was the position where you shot to the left, you shot three steel, one was an activator, and then you had a tight swinger against the wall. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So it was in between shooting the paper targets outside of that and then running up to that opening to engage the other stuff. He stumbled and oh, almost yeah. fell down. Like everybody's like, Ooh. oh, wow. When. When Nils was done and he was walking back, uh, Phil called him a quitter. He goes, Nils, you're a quitter. When you start something, you need to finish. If you stumble, you need to fall. <laughs> it Sounds was, like him. <laughs> it was hysterical. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that was pretty good. So I, I was glad I witnessed that. I, I can tell that story. <laughs> now, with your Shadow Systems gun, what are you running bullet weight on that thing? I'm running 147s currently. Okay. Um, there seems to be yeah, a migration. Yeah, I, I have been running 124s, but I switched 147s a few months back. Do you load them or does do you buy loaded ammo? Um, I, I buy it from um, John down in Outdoor Dynamics. And those are what, his librarians? Is that what they're called? Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Okay. And yep. they're, they're soft shooting, I take it. Yeah, I... um. They, it didn't like I had been shooting 
124s, and I just wanted to try out 147s. Um, and I bought, so I bought, I don't know, maybe a couple, 2,000 rounds, I think. Um, maybe a couple thousand. I can't remember exactly, but I bought some ammo from him, try it out. And I didn't notice, like, a huge difference. Um, but I, I noticed more of a difference previously uh, last year with shooting my M&P. And I don't know if that was because it was a, a heavier, slower slide, but I preferred the 124s with my M&P. Um, but I don't know if I have as much of a preference with my shadow systems. Um, the slide's a little bit shorter and lighter. And I don't feel like I'm, I'm, uh, I would have any trouble waiting. Like, I felt like I had to almost wait on the gun with a lot with the 147s out of my MP. Mm. I don't like it was seemed slow too slow for me maybe. Maybe I didn't okay. have to wait on it, but that's just how it that's how it felt. Right. That um, was your perception. I get it. Yeah. And so with um with the gun I have now, I I tried it out so I decided to stick with it because I, I zeroed everything and so I just I'm sticking with 147s, but um I, I shoot either of them. It doesn't it doesn't matter that much, I don't think to me. Now, what's the barrel length on that? Uh, it's system? four and three quarter. Yeah. Okay, so it's Ipsic legal. Yeah. All right, I ask that now for a future question down the road here. So here's the personal question, just for yes. you. Do you Fire have away. any? Do you have any plans to stop torturing your wife and making her pregnant? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> So our, and I asked that, I, I am asking it to be funny, but at the same time, I've had this conversation because one of the guys who's normally on here with me, Leo, two years ago, we went to nationals and they had, they had a, a newborn that was maybe two months old. Oh, wow. If, if that, and he hasn't shot a match since, and he has two kids. So I know hmm. that kids make it tough life. You know what I mean? Like family life yeah. can make it difficult. It is a challenge. So that's the whole reason I was asking, were there plans for more kids in the future, which means Joel might be capping where he's at for another <laughs> four, five, six, seven years, or well, you know what I mean? Put it this way. Um, we ha I have four kids already uh, from uh, four or five months to nine years old. And... I just I like we figured out a schedule that works. It I still have to be flexible and it could change, but um, we don't plan on having any more kids soon. That could change as well. Okay. But I plan. I like shooting enough. I plan on just like however my schedule is flexible and changing around, and making sure my family's taken care of. Like I I, I enjoy shooting. I can do a lot of practice uh, without having to sacrifice. You know time away from family whether it's dry fire in the evenings after i put the kids to bed or something so um you know i may not have i may not shoot actually as many matches as i want to shoot but um i envision myself staying in the game for a, a while yet okay so, that's awesome yeah. now yeah i obviously she's very supportive so no broken she arms is. in the future <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're going to have to check out his Instagram if you want to know what we're talking about. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I find it very intriguing that we have to see, we have some odd relationships going on within the USP. And by that, 
I mean, there seems to be some odds Central Virginia, Northeast U.S. connections. Matthew Nash mm, was in Mason, Matthew Nash was in Mason Lane's wedding, and you and Jay Beal are friends. Yes. So, so enlighten me. What's going on here? I I wish I could tell you. I don't know. Maybe it's just like a natural connection. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> now, how, how how did you and Jay become so friendly? Well, you know, I I forget when I first started following him on Instagram, but it was it must have been around the time I think I saw a video. I think that JJ Ricasa posted in his stories about this guy doing like really good reloads. And I started following like him. Jay. Yeah, exactly. And I I think it just started it started on uh, just messaging back and forth. <clears throat> and I was like, wow, this guy's he's really nice. Like he he's he shares information. Like we just I don't know, we started talking more and more, I guess. And I think uh, I... we shot we shot North Carolina. I think that was in twenty twenty. Uh, that was we shot that match together. I think, I think that was I get my years mixed up, but I think it was 2020. We shot the North Carolina section together, um, or no, it was 2021. 2020, Joel, he, you're, it you're was, too it, young he to was be there. having those memory problems. So I know, I know. <laughs> um, 2020, we met down there. He was shooting a different squad, but we met, I think, for the first time. You met, at, and then 2021, I think we shot. Yeah, and then 2021, I think uh, we shot that match together in 2021. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's a great guy, though. I, oh, yeah, awesome. he is awesome. Yeah, he is awesome. So I get it. And, and look, you're a super nice guy, too, so I totally get <laughs> it. I can honestly say I haven't run into too many a-holes shooting, so that's nice. I, I can say the same, yeah. They're, for they're sure. rare and far between, so that's very nice. It is. Um, so moving along, when did, uh, you first shoot a gun? Oh man. I, I was really little. It started with a BB gun okay. and then a 22. Um, I've always been around guns, but, um, just far as for hunting and like plinking. Hunting what? Deer, rabbits, squirrels, birds, turkey, pretty much anything. So central Virginia yeah. country stuff. Yep. That's okay. right. Yeah, my son's getting back into hunting. He went squirrel hunting. He's trying to warm up for deer season. So, for uh, sure, yeah, that whole Central Virginia. Yeah, thing. many memory, many good memories. Squirrel hunting for sure. Yeah. All right. So here is the national champion questionnaire. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. How tall are you? <laughs> Six one. I was going to guess six three. You seem taller than six one. Are you sure? <laughs> Have you measured yourself? I, I think recently? so. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take no, your word for it. I stopped. I've stopped measuring stuff when I stopped caring. You know, when you're a teenager, that's all you care about. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I always, I always waited for the day. I couldn't wait for the day that I didn't need someone to get something out of the cabinets above me. That was the day <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for. So that's how I measured my height. Once I could open up that door and get stuff out of the upper cabinets. I was solid. That's funny. I'm like, I don't care anymore. Yep. It's all good. Yep. All right. So you're five foot 13. So you meet the minimum requirement there. Were you homeschooled? I was. Oh, yes. no. Here we go. Two for two. <laughs> Did you grow up on a farm? 
I did. Oh my God! Potential national champion right here. Boom! Being interviewed on a podcast. <laughs> That's all it takes, there we right? go. That's it, man. I That's can't tell takes. you. I can't tell you how many high level shooters, the Williams sisters, Gianni Giordano, um, Brantley, Miriam, uh, mm. and I, I forget all the others who have all been. They all meet those requirements. It's really weird. that's so interesting. Yeah, and it, we we kind of ran across it by accident. We weren't even – we were just asking different people different questions. We're like, wait a minute. We're starting to see huh. a trend here. So now I've turned That's it into the national champion questionnaire. Nils Jonasson, <laughs> homeschooled. Oh, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Laser App, L-A-S-R App. They specialize in laser dry fire training, super convenient, and not to mention super cheap. You can use anything for a dry fire target and any device with a camera for capturing the laser hits. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. And it's veteran-owned. Simplify, Ben. You can utilize multiple targets and multiple cameras. It can be as complex or as simple as your heart desires. They even sell steel challenge banners. They sell cert guns and the cert AR bolt so you can practice indoors with your AR for free. There's a newsletter and a forum you can join. When you sign up for the newsletter, they'll send you a free six-part video series. Check out their website. It's a smorgasbord of items to make you better faster. Use the affiliate link on our website or at the bottom of our podcast notes and on YouTube for a 15% discount. Also, use our coupon code in the store for 10% off of other items not necessarily covered by our affiliate link. Thanks for your support, everyone. Without your support, this podcast would be difficult to maintain. See? That's proof right there. I could stop right there. That's, that's proof. already proven. That's, that's, that's scientific. Proof. Exactly. That's that beats Fauci science by a mile. That's right. A hundred percent. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. I'm glad I'm I'm interviewing a future natural champ right here. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> so, it. So so you and I met, it was either towards the end of 2018 or the beginning of 2019. I yes. forget, but it was right in that time frame. How did you find I, I remember it too, very well. Do you really? I do, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Um, how did you find the USPSA? Um, so a friend, I, I got Instagram, right? And a friend of mine, um, he's a little bit older than me, but he's like, He's a, he was a, he's a cop and now he's in security, but he was like, Hey, listen, like, these are the list of guys you need to follow, right? You're on Instagram now. Like you gotta, you gotta follow all these people. And he was, he was into like the tactical side of stuff. So I was following all these tactical pages, but he did tell me to follow this guy, Shane Coley, who I was like, I don't know who he is, but he's like, yeah, he's a good shooter. Um, he shoots this like competition stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah. I didn't know anything about it. And um, so seeing seeing Shane's videos was my first introduction of like, um, what in the world is he doing? That looks really fun. <laughs> and that was the first time I saw anything about competition. So, OK, quick question then. Did you yeah. have the same reaction that Isaac Lockwood did when he first saw those videos? What's his, his reaction? Rea his reaction was there's no way they're aiming. 
Oh, 100%. See, this was this was mine. <laughs> I I happened to I happened to follow Shane uh right after he posted a video of him shooting three steel targets in under a second. He oh, drew the yeah. gun, went bang 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 under a second and I thought to myself that's not humanly possible. And I remember telling a good friend of mine, I was like, I was like, how is this possible? Like, this shouldn't even be possible. And I was like, whatever he's doing, I want to find out what he's doing. Like, that's what I want. That looks fun. Okay. And that's how it started. Yeah. I Isaac said he went to his first match and got smoked by like 60 year old women. He's like, all right, I got to go back. I'm not as good as I thought I was. <laughs> oh, competition shooting is the most humbling thing. <laughs> Oh my God! Tell me about it. I mean, look, Morgan's fifteen, and she makes me look like a—well, I won't use that word, but a piece of turd. It—it—it <laughs> <laughs> it, it quickly it, it makes you realize quickly um, any preconceived notions that you thought you had in your head are are thrown out the window. You go to your first match. You know, I thought I was good, and I—I was—I thought I was something to behold, but I realized quickly I have a lot to learn. <laughs> I went in there. I'm like, you know, I uh, I qualified expert like five or six times in the Marine Corps with a 1911. This is going to be easy. Uh, You'll be good to go. I, uh, yeah. Horrible. Horrible. Uh, wow. It is funny, though. I mean, everybody gets humbled in the beginning. Oh, very goodness. much. Yeah. All right. So the other thing I remember, and I want to say this was early 2019. You and I were having a conversation. I don't know if you remember the conversation, but I was like, dude, you got a lot of potential. You're fast and you're mm. quick and you're this and you're that. You got a lot of potential. And I said, Steve Anderson has uh, a class coming up here that I'm signed up for. And you're like, yeah, I'm taking one with Brandon Wright. Oh, I remember so, that conversation very well. Oh, okay. Now, yep. how, how much did that Brandon Wright class help you get to where you are today? Oh, it totally... That that's what that was like the first thing that put me on the path uh, with some direction, right? Um, I started shooting. My first match was out there at GRB in Richmond um, in January of 2019. That was my first match. I showed up, shot it, and realized like this is a lot of fun, but I don't really know what I'm doing. And I wanted to shoot another match, but the next one was canceled. And then I went to something else. I I think. Um, it was maybe March or something that we had a conversation or maybe April. Yeah, I can't remember. It was, yeah, somewhere yeah. right in there. Yeah. Yep. And um, I had, I don't know if I'd heard of Steve Anderson, but I remember after that conversation, um, hearing you talk about Steve Anderson, I you you told me about his podcast and mm -hmm. I went on. Um, I got, I didn't even have a podcast platform at that point, but that was the first podcast I started listening to was Steve Anderson. And so I, I started listening to his, his um, podcast and, and then taking that Brandon Wright class. I think that was uh, June of 2019 completely changed things for me. Like I didn't really have any idea what I was doing. I was trying to like look online with videos and stuff, but um, I didn't have any foundation. Right. And like, I just had, um, you know, shooting milk jugs in the backyard or shooting a piece of paper or whatever. Um, I didn't know how to practice. I didn't know 
really, you know, much of anything about uh, aside from just, you know, shooting something slowly and like trying to be accurate. I just didn't have an idea, you know, what else was more involved. And um, that class with Brandon Wright gave me, it gave me direction. It gave me a vision. Um, it gave me a lot of tools, uh, know-how. Uh, it was really good class. Yeah. Uh, so it gave you a good basis. Really did. Yes. Awesome. Yep. Okay. Now, have you taken any more classes since then? I took one earlier this year in March, uh, Rob Epifania. Um, he was doing a class down in North Carolina, and that was a really good class as well. So that oh, was yeah, earlier this year, is. I think. Yeah. Did he have a reload um, competition? <laughs> <laughs> um, he did a lot of he did a lot of stuff on reloads. I don't think there was a competition, but he's really good at reloads, obviously. Oh uh, yeah. I'm not yeah. racing him. <laughs> I'm like, let me call my buddy Jay and you yes. let, I'll watch you and him race because I'm not yeah. getting in this one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, that was a really that was really informative. Well, I was I think it's good to take um to take a class every now and then. I, I think I need I need it every now and then because um you don't realize what what plateaus you may be hitting or you feel stuck. Um, and so a class can kind of renew your way of thinking or training and kind of give you um, a spark or give you new direction and just, yeah, inspiration, whatever it is. A lot of mental stuff going on there, too. So, yeah, I, yeah. if I had the time and the money, I would hit up Tim Heron. I would hit up Rob. I would hit Mason. I would mm -hmm. hit up Mike Steeplander. So yeah. Yes. I mean. I, I would I would skip every match in a year if I mm. could go shoot with them, shoot with JJ, and just do nothing but classes for a year. Oh, my gosh. Mm. E even if, uh, you know, it only bumped me up a classification or so, Yeah, I don't care. Just the experience of being in those classes with those guys would be amazing. It really, it's helpful, yes. And I, I think when you're, it's, it's hard to go wrong, right? But I think there's, there's, um, there's definitely ways you can progress more from classes based on how, how you, how you practice after, you know, the class. But, but being just being there for, say, a whole day of shooting, right? You're, you're shooting for a whole day. You're around other people with a common goal, and you have an instructor watching you. Um, even, even if just you just take that day aside, like you're gonna improve. This episode is brought to you by Hoist. Hoist your IV level rehydrating electrolyte blend of sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium. It's clinically proven to hydrate 110% faster than water. Chris Gelnet was on episode 63 and gave his own personal testimony. He had a bad experience with the heat at Area 8 in 2021 when temps were near 100 and the humidity was high. He was ready to quit with three stages to go. He had mentally checked out. Afterward, he listened to episode 48 with Rachel Trotta, decided to try hoist, bought a case off Amazon, started using it at locals and found, hey, I'm not fatigued at the end of the day. So he took it to Area 5. And at the end of the day, he was ready to shoot the match again. As a matter of fact, he even had a stage win on his last stage. Man, they have all the best flavors. They have watermelon, peach mango, dragon fruit, strawberry lemonade, grape, and I'm sure I'm missing a few. 
Uh, it's probably the only beverage that I've tried that I like all of the flavors. You can buy it either in a powder and mix it with water, or you can buy it pre-mixed, whichever way you prefer. But check it out, get hydrated, stay hydrated, use Casual Shooter and save 10% or be like Chris and have a recurring subscription and save 15%. Um, but yes. it really, the improvement really does happen um, later on and, and how you decide to, to go with it after that is uh, where I, the improvement's made. I can't argue one iota with that. I totally agree. And I also feel, because um, I teach paramedics now, I've taught long range, I've taught marine snipers. Okay. Uh, I've taught a lot of different things. I, I taught marksmanship basically from 1986 to 1997. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I spent a lot of time teaching. And look, you could have the most knowledgeable guy, but that doesn't mean he can explain it in such a way that you can understand. And then there's oh, also, 100%. yeah, there's also, definitely. you know, look, I'll never be a JJ Ricasa. But somebody quick and nimble who could relate to him might pick up a lot more in his class. I would still mm. want to go because I'm going to learn something. Definitely. But, but you know, there's might be another instructor out there who fits my mode of shooting better, who I can relate to. So mm. I'll pick up one or two things here. I might pick up three or four things there, another one or two things here. But it makes you such a, a more rounded shooter. And then, For like sure. you said, you can take that stuff back and then put it into dry fire, put it into live fire practice. There's just so many things like like Steve Anderson. And this is what I maybe I was phrasing it wrong initially when I was asking people about, have you ever thought about a, a stage breakdown class and how to figure things out? And they're like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. Mm. But Steve Anderson said something a couple months back on his podcast that I was like, that's what I'm talking about. And it was that it was in one of the classes where they shot a match afterward. And the guy was like, I learned how to compete. And that is the class that I think more than anything I would like to have. Like I don't have, hmm. as, as long as I'm doing my thing, I can hit the targets. I don't have a problem hitting swingers. I'm yeah. not the fastest guy out there, but I can hit everything. Yeah. And, but my problem is like, I, I was talking to even to, um, Brantley Miriam because dude, I don't know if you looked at stage 19, but he blew everybody away at stage. 19. Oh, he did. He crushed Holy it, man. cow. Yeah. So we, I interviewed him yesterday and we've got, I had his video and we went, we spent like five minutes on that stage. Wow. And like, you know, I asked him like, how do you determine what, what you're doing on these stages? But I think it comes down to, and what I'm getting at is, is my stage plan seem to be what everybody else is doing 98% of the time. And when I mean right. everybody else, I mean shooters at higher levels than me. So I'm, right. not, I'm not coming up with dumb stage plans and they're right. good. And I, I make sure they fit my strengths. But, you know, there are times where, again, nationals, I overheard Nils talking. And he said, you know, with so many Charlies, you just scored a mic. And I'm like, oh, so now I know what's going through his mind. And now I know huh. why Nils isn't the fastest guy out there, but he's one of the more accurate guys. And he's a, he really is. Yes. And so that made me start thinking of some, 
a totally different way too. But that's the kind of class I would love to have is like mm -hmm. that type of a mindset. How do I go into the stage? Okay, here's that's, my stage that's plan. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. But what does that even mean? So what? This is my stage plan. What am I missing right. to make it more efficient, to make it so mm -hmm. that my hit factor will go up? And there's, you know, there's just little things, but what are the little things that I'm missing? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Very good points. I think if somebody comes up with that class, they're, they're one million dollars. <laughs> So that would be a very good class for sure. I, that I would, want to would take be that, class. that would be awesome. And I think that would be like that next big class, especially mm -hmm. all these guys like your Steggers who are recently world and national champs, your JJs, yeah. your Nils. That's a class that they could give that they don't even have to be instructors on. They can just mm -hmm. walk through. You could do a whole day of, okay, you know, here is, have you seen um, Chris Gelnitz videos? Yeah, I have. So he's got that 10 foot tripod. He does, yes. GoPro. And all you would have, I would sit, I would pay several hundred dollars to sit with Nils in a classroom with one of those at, at nationals and go just go through each stage and mm. no volume, just him stopping and starting and just narrating what he's doing, what's going through his mind, what is he thinking. What's he thinking during his walkthrough? You know yeah. what I mean? Like all of that. Give yes, me that, that man. That, Give me that. Yes. <laughs> yes. That would be amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like that would make me a GM tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Okay. Maybe not, but <laughs> I still have to call my shots and you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. It's amazing <laughs> how much goes into to mental, like yes. the mental side of it, you know, and just, and, and not just um like, mentally as far as remembering positions and shooting subconsciously and doing what your plan is, but, um, but trusting, at least for me, like I, <clears throat> if I'm trusting myself and my speed, right. It feels slow. And so currently like, this is just where I'm at. You know, I, I battle with that sometimes of, of how, and I just, I know how it feels is not always how it is in reality. Right. right. And you know that. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's a, that's a whole nother mental side of just, uh, of trusting yourself. Like when it comes time to shoot a match, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get better in 15 seconds before the stage. Right. How, how you are in your current level, the best way to shoot to your max ability is to execute, call your shots, you know, all the things, you know, and um, it's that mental thing of just trusting yourself and the, however much time it takes to hit where you want to aim is exactly how much time you need to take to hit where you want to aim. And if it feels slow, you cannot always trust that feeling. If it feels slow and you feel like, oh, I need, I need to speed up. Like this is taking a long time. Right. right you can't I, I can't trust that feeling for myself like i have to realize How shoot the speed that? that i know to shoot trust it and and let things happen just just let it happen you know because i it's easy for me that? to force it to happen it's easy for me to force it and that's that's never as good you know it's never as good of a result i've also found it's not even good for me to see someone else's run and go oh that's a better idea mm, that's right that's a dumpster fire waiting to happen right there. Cause I've done that before. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to change to that. And then completely, you know, get like a one hit factor. 
So <laughs> yeah. I learned my lesson the hard way. Yeah, don't we all, right? To, yeah, June <laughs> Kim said the same thing. Yeah, we've all done that. Yeah. So where are you at in your training, competing? Are you where you want to be? Would you prefer more, a little less? Where do I want, like, rephrase the question again? Okay, I will. Yeah, I'll re-ask it because it, it is an odd. All right. So where are, how do you feel you are in your current level of training? Not necessarily classification or anything, but just okay. training for matches. Do you feel you're at the right spot? Do you feel like you need more live fire, maybe more dry fire? Is everything, you like your mix as it's going? So this is, that's an, it's a good question. Um, I think after this year, and maybe it's, maybe it's starting to happen in the last few months, but I, <clears throat> I don't know, like I would love to shoot more live fire. And I think most people would, right? Um, my budget doesn't allow for much live fire, but I think my, my aspects on training, how I approach shooting live fire and what I'm learning, um, that is starting to increase. So I'm, I've always tried to, I've always tried to approach live fire as like, what's the most I can learn from the least amount of rounds. Right. Um, but I, there's a whole nother aspect of like paying attention and trying to figure out what the true, um, like what's at the very basis of the problem here. Like, this is what's happening on the target, or this is what's happening on the timer, but what's the root cause of this? Or what is the, what's at the very root of this? And, and like breaking things down. And so I'm not at, I'm not at the current level of training that I want to be, because I know that there's more to learn as far as efficient training. And I like seeing videos of high level guys explaining things because I like to take away things um, ben Stager's videos recently, and a lot of people's videos of dry fire, like Jay Beals, like seeing someone dry fire something specific, um, it helps me to isolate problems that I have and to change things to try to um, get better at an individual task, right? Instead of combining everything into one sequence. And does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And that is so good. I think I'm not I'm not at the level that I want to be in training um, okay. because I'm always trying to get better. Not necessarily. Um, I want to train more. Right. I want to I want to shoot two thousand a thousand rounds a week. You know, some weeks I think I would want to do that. Right. But that's not the reality. And so trying to figure out the the max that I can do with the rounds that I have and and work it out in dry fire and um so yeah i'm not where i want to be um in my percentage or in my training like my percentage as far as um like a, a nationals finish i guess i should say like that's um i i always want to increase that a little by little um just my ability overall like I, you know i want to get better my goal is to constantly get a little bit better and so yeah i'm never quite satisfied um and I'm always trying to improve, <laughs> but it's, it's a, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of thinking, I think for me anyway, as far as uh, what's the, what's the best way to do that? Well, and I, th I think once you get to a class, it, it kind of shifts 
You know what I mean? Like, I think you can, like I've shot, um, a class classifiers and just from doing the basics and dry fire, getting faster and finding the dot quickly and, and concentrating and calling my shots, you know, the basic. Yeah. But I feel like to get beyond that, I am going to have to be able to do more and understand more Yes. To be able to make it to that next step. And then there's, you know, yes, there's a whole other levels like beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> like that I see. And like, so for instance, real quick, like if I'm, if I'm setting up like a short little course in live fire and I have like a little bit of movement here three or four targets and, and my goal is, you know, or, okay, say I, sh- I shoot under run and I'm here, there and there, and there's four targets and I look at the hits and, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, like, you know, what can I do to improve this? But at the basis is like, well, why are my shots doing this? Um, here, it's because I wasn't looking at the spot I wasn't looking at. So how can I improve my eyesight to look at a spot faster and look at the right spot? And then also my grip and also my my stance. Like, I'm I'm trying to work on that more, being being stable, being aggressive in my movement and then stable when I need to shoot and shooting on the move where I can. But there's, there's a whole nother level beyond that of just like trying to figure out the, the, the little aspects that go into shooting well and shooting fast, you know, like there's, there's a lot there. And I think the more, the more I can pay attention, um, then the better it'll be. But so two follow-up questions with that. One, yeah. do you video yourself in training so you can go back and dissect it? Uh, occasionally, yeah. I would say I I really hate working with a camera while I'm training, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. It's just I I I uh, I do sometimes and I like when I do. Um I think sometimes at this point I I kind of know, at least to a degree, where my deficiency is. If something happens, like um, if I am not at the time I want to be, I can I can generally diagnose what that problem is. Um, but it's very helpful to have video for me on just my movement because I think I think I'm doing something aggressively, uh, mm. but in reality I'm not. I think I was I, my brain was thinking I was doing this, but when I look at the video, uh, I could have been more aggressive there, right? Or why why was why did I lower my gun coming into that position when I didn't need to have my gun lowered? And those are things that a video is helpful for because you don't know that that's happening unless you're watching yourself. And I'm looking for a video because I have a perfect example of that at nationals, but I sure as heck don't remember because I'm looking at my aim cam videos. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying, so half the time, the beginning of the video is staring at the ground because <laughs> right. I'm, I'm thinking and not looking, you know what I mean? Like I'm For I might sure. be doing running through yeah. something or whatever. Yeah. There's, okay. there's definitely a lot to be learned with, with, um, watching videos. And I, I like to get videos of myself shooting stages and mm-hmm. I, I usually hope that it's, you know, that's not too much of a bother to other people. I try to be conscious of when they're shooting, but um, most of the time it's not really, my thought isn't like, like, oh, I hope this looks good for, for Instagram later, if I ever would post it, but I like to watch myself, 
uh, shooting stages um, yeah. based on my perception of how I shot it. And then looking at the video, um, there's definitely a lot to be learned. But there was, do you remember the um, pressure pad? I mean, I know yes. you do. Yep. That's when I shot the, the hole. Here we go. When I shot the hole in the wall. Stage one, the strong hand, weak hand. Yes. Yeah. I was, uh, I was tracking the, so I blame this on Juan Kim. It's all his fault. <laughs> I'm, you know how it was like that you could see completely through the wall. Like when Definitely. you're going to that, that one target that was hidden behind the wall at a 45 degree angle. Yeah. Like at the that, end on the right side there. Yeah. Well, but I was moving from left to right. So the one coming towards, so it right. would have been the fourth target. Yes. So I'm tracking it through the through that wire. Oh, yeah. And, and I thought I had cleared the fence, but apparently, or the <laughs> end of the wall, but I put a round directly through that aluminum. Oh, man. Now, this is my perception of how this went. I feel like, and I'll preface it now so before I play it. So I went, I drew and basically hit the pressure pad almost the same time I drew. Yeah. And then I went left to right. Okay. But my pro my problem is I feel like after I hit the three in the clamshell that I was like, whew, all good. Bang, bang. <laughs> That's how I feel I shot it. So here, I'll go ahead and it's it's queued up, ready to go. So okay. That's me saying, yep, I'm ready. Drawing, stomping. See how slow the last one was? And mm. and maybe it was just because. I was shooting the uh, with the no shoot there, but yeah, man, I felt I really when I got done and I looked at the video, I was like, I really felt like I left some time on the table, mm. um, and I kind of like almost breathed a sigh of relief because the biggest thing was making sure I got the three shots on that center target for sure. Yes, before I went to the the right, so I totally get. Uh, the whole yeah, thing it's, about it's one of those things where it's it is good. It can be helpful. Like, you know, when you uh when you watch a video of how it went live time versus how it went in your mind, it's different a lot of times. And so that's you know, it's something to be learned there for sure. Are you in your off season right now or do you still have I don't consider locals as part of <clears throat> they're like they're always ongoing. You can always shoot a a local and you can use that for practice. Um, yeah. but I, I consider once you're done with your major matches, then your major shooting season is over. Yeah. So are you in your off season now, or do you still have another major or two? No, I'm, I'm definitely in my off season and I'm, I'm purposely taking uh, a short break all short, probably <laughs> like I'm, I haven't touched my guns since nationals and I don't plan to, uh, for probably at least another month purposely. Like I, I might, I might, I might grab the gun and play with it. Right. A little bit, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm not, I'm taking a, a specific time off and I will, I'll probably shoot, um, a local before the end of the year and maybe early, you know, next year, but in the winter, like probably after, in November, after the first or second week in November, my goal is to start uh, diving back into to training. Um, Carry Optics Nationals is early next year. Is that why you're starting your training early? Yes, that's definitely a big reason for it, being that it's June. Right. And I don't know. I, I like training. 
and I get enjoyment from it. And I, I have to purposely take time off because I would probably keep dry firing. (laughs) If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so, yeah, I, I like, I like shooting. I like shooting locals too. uh, But I'm purposely taking time off from that as well, because I, I think it's, it's good for, it's good for me to take a short, just not shoot, you know? I took a couple months off. Like I literally didn't even pick up my gun. I dry fired with my carry gun. So it didn't really matter, but I didn't touch my competition gun at all from Mm. end of nationals to into after shot show. Okay. But you're, you are a family guy. My kids are all grown. They're adults. Your kids are very young. Still. You have Thanksgiving coming up. You have Christmas, you have New Year's. So how does that play into all of your training if you're trying to pick up mid-November? Yeah, well, it's training for me. It's not, it doesn't require me being gone, hardly any. I can shoot, I can shoot live fire here uh, at my place and I can dry fire. Usually I dry fire in the, in the evenings after we put the kids to bed. 